Welcome into the Injury Report. Lee with the IDP Show here to give you guys the lowdown on injury updates for week three. Glad to be back in recording here after missing the first two weeks of the season. Looking to get back to midseason form on the first episode of the season and getting you all of the injury information you need to help you make the best lineup decisions you can. Wanted to kick off today by discussing a couple of the injuries that occurred on Thursday night. Obviously the big one, Christian McCaffrey pulled early in the first half with a hamstring strain. This is different than pulling it here, so the timeline for the number one RB is looking to miss a few weeks. Good to know he's not on IR, but we are going to be keeping a close eye on this and his progression over the next week or so. I do think this is a good time to bring up the difference between a strain and a sprain. I see this commonly misunderstood all over the place. So a strain occurs when there is a small tear or stretching in the muscle, whereas a sprain occurs when there's a small tear or stretching in the ligament. So in Christian McCaffrey's case here, it is a hamstring strain since that is a muscle. Again, we're looking for him to miss a few weeks, but we will be keeping an eye on his progression. The other injury worthy of noting happened to cornerback for the Panthers, J.C. Horn. He suffered broken bones in his foot during a non-contact injury. This one especially sucks after the rookie has started off hot so far. At this point, it is thought to be season-ending, but there are more updates to come. Next, we're going to be taking a look on who landed themselves on the IR list. Since I did miss the first two weeks, I will be discussing a couple of the major injuries that happened while I was gone. If we start on the offensive side of the ball, quarterback Tyrod Taylor for the Texans landed himself on IR with a hamstring injury. Really, if you look at it, he is the true embodiment of what a mentor and a leader is, as he loves giving the rookie quarterbacks their shots, this time in favor of former Stanford quarterback Davis Longneck Mills. So look for Tyrod Taylor to be out a minimum of three weeks, if not longer, with a hamstring injury. Next up, we'll take a look at wide receiver Jerry Judy for the Broncos, who suffered a high ankle sprain in week one. Generally, we're looking at a four to six week timetable for those high ankle sprains. That would push us to roughly a return of week six. This is different than a low ankle sprain or what people associate with just rolling their ankle. That high ankle sprain has to deal with the ligament that holds your fibula and your tibia together. That really hinders a lot of the explosion that wide receivers need to get that separation, which Jerry Judy's really good at there. So that's why he landed himself on the IR. Again, that is a high ankle sprain. We're looking at about four to six weeks for Judy to return. The other injury that occurred on week one happened to Michael Gallup, wide receiver for the Cowboys. He suffered a calf strain, and the original timeline for that is three to five weeks of rest. So look for a return for Michael Gallup here real soon. Next up, Jarvis Landry, wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns, suffered an MCL sprain in week two. He's only missed one game in his eight-year career, and that was last year due to COVID protocols. The timeline that I've been able to read up on has been a minimum of three weeks, and that's obvious for anyone that's been put on the IR because that's the minimum stint that you can have on the the IR there. I expect Jarvis Landry to come back around the five to six week timeline there, but it really all depends on his recovery and, and how he's feeling. The last injury we'll discuss on the offensive side of the ball, new to the IR, running back for San Fran, Raheem Mostert. Um, it sounds like Dan Campbell's Lions took his kneecap and he's going to be out for the year. Looking at the defensive side of the ball, we'll start off with Bradley Chubb, linebacker for the Broncos. He played just under 20 snaps in week two before re-aggravating that ankle injury in the first half. 
They've been taking a cautious approach to bringing him back, but it sounds like he just wasn't quite ready yet. Surgery this week was successful, and we've got a current timeline of six to eight weeks before his return. Currently, it's too early to tell if he'll be on the earlier side of things, so fire up that IR spot if you've got it and wait for the return of the Chubb later this year. Two people that are going to be done for the year on the defensive side of the ball, defensive end Brandon Graham for the Eagles suffered a torn Achilles, and linebacker for the Broncos Josie Jewell suffered a torn pec. Both of them are donezo. Linebacker for San Fran, Dre Greenlaw, had a core-slash-groin muscle repair. He's looking to be back in about four to six weeks. Backer for the Saints, Quan Alexander. There's not much to say. I can't remember the last time bro was on the field. Um, he just loves that injury money, it sounds like. He can return in time for week five, but the Saints have a bye right after that, so I'd say he's likely to return after his four-week vacation in week seven. Linebacker for the Packers, Zadarius Smith. Um, he's been dealing with back injuries since even before training camp. Even though he played in week one, the doctor recommended rest for the 40-year-old, 29-year-old there. Demarcus Lawrence, defensive end for the Cowboys, broke his foot. They're looking at a timeline of six to eight weeks for the return here, so probably a midseason return for Demarcus Lawrence. And finally, linebacker for the Chiefs, Willie Gay, suffered a toe injury. Um, that happened in the preseason. It's not season-ending, and he is looking to be back soon after he's able to come off the IR. Casey is hopeful this is within the next couple of weeks. That's it for discussing players on the IR. We'll take a peek at players who were ruled out. Starting off on offense, wide receiver for the Falcons, Russell Gage. He's out with an ankle injury. He injured this in week two and didn't practice all week. This is a situation to keep an eye on for next week as there is a potential for him to miss multiple. Quarterback Tua Tungavailoa for the Dolphins. He's got fractured ribs. This can really come down to a pain tolerance thing. Um, it'll really depend on when he feels good and when he can get back, but that will not be this week. Wide receiver Deontay Johnson for the Steelers suffered a knee injury on the last play of the game last week. This is probably a couple-week absence, but the good news is that Mike Tomlin has hinted that this won't be a long-term thing. And lastly, wide receiver for the Bucks, Antonio Brown. Sounds like he's just sick all week and will miss the game against the Rams. On defense, the big one from this morning, linebacker for the Steelers, TJ Watt, will be out this week with a groin injury. He did get in a limited practice on Friday, but just was not feeling ready to go this week. Linebacker for the Lions, Jamie Collins, will also be out this week. Um, reports say the diagnosis is absolutely just getting exposed by Aaron Jones, uh, and they are looking to trade him, so Aaron Jones single-handedly just got Jamie Collins a seat on the inactive list. Um, JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul, linebacker for the Bucks. He's going to be out this week with a shoulder injury. Doctors recommended him to rest, so this doesn't sound like long-term. We're likely looking at a return week five, if not next week. Looking at players who are listed as doubtful for this week, we'll start off on offense with wide receiver T. Higgins for the Bengals. He's listed as doubtful with a shoulder injury. He did get in a limited practice on Friday, but it doesn't sound very hopeful. This is really coming down to a pain management problem as of right now. And honestly, with doubtful designations, a lot of the time, even if they do suit up, they're not very effective. They're, they tend to be very limited. So I would look for other options here this week, engage the situation next week, as it sounds like T. Higgins will not play. Next up on offense, running back for the Raiders, Josh Jacobs. He's doubtful and likely to miss with an ankle injury, but is trending towards playing next week. And lastly on offense, running back for the 49ers, Elijah Mitchell. He's doubtful with a shoulder stinger. So what is a shoulder stinger? 
Uh, I'm glad you asked. A stinger happens when the nerves in your neck and your shoulder are compressed and it sends you a, you guessed it, stinging sharp pain from your neck down to your hands. So this is something that's super, super painful, uh, potential to cause numbness and feelings as if your arm is asleep. So this is very annoying to play through and he's not very likely to play at all. However, there is good news. Um, Trey Sermon is off the concussion protocol, so he is going to be the likely starter for San Francisco this week. Over on the defensive side of the ball, the only one doubtful for this week is Frank Clark, defensive end for the Chiefs. He's still dealing with that same hamstring injury that kept him out of week one and is making him not likely to play week three. So it is that exact same situation where it happened week one. Expect to be without Frank Clark this week. Now for the fun part, here's where the speculation comes in and makes my job incredibly difficult here. We're going to start off with questionable on offense, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver for the Cardinals. He's dealing with a rib issue. This sounds like it's going to come down to a game time decision. Not a lot of details out right now, but some reports say there's potential worry for fractured ribs. He is known for playing through injuries, but not practicing all week doesn't make me confident we'll see him on Sunday. They do play at 1 p.m. tomorrow Eastern time, so if he does play, you'll know in the morning and you can throw him in there. I'd feel confident playing him if he does and he feels good to go. However, it's not likely that he will play tomorrow. Running back Dalvin Cook for the Vikings. Um, reports are saying this ankle injury is not serious. Rest this week is the likely case for the star running back, and that's why he's missing practice all week, but he is expected to play week three. Another questionable running back for the week is Lions' DeAndre Swift. It really just looks like a lot of rest for the week, which is to be expected. I'm confident he will play this week and be effective. Next, Daryl Henderson, running back for the Rams. He didn't practice all week. According to Dr. David Chow, he seems to think he can play if he were to get a rib block. But I am worried about the effectiveness if he does decide to play when he gets if he gets that block. My thought here is to stay away from Henderson this week if you can, given the unknown. If he does play and you are forced to play him, I hope I'm wrong about that. But my opinion here is I don't think we will see Daryl Henderson. And if we do, I'm not, not convinced he's going to be effective. Quarterback Lamar Jackson listed as questionable after landing a front flip on his hip after last week. Also an illness, but he'll be fine, so there's no worries there. Also for the Ravens, wide receiver Hollywood Brown listed as questionable. Given the Ravens' injury demons, they're being extra cautious with their star playmakers here. Even though Marquise Brown did miss Thursday, he returned on Friday, and I am confident that he will play this week if you need him. Wide receiver for the Bears, Darnell Mooney. Groin injury suffered last week. He was limited all week this week, and the annoying thing here is that there's almost zero information out here about whether he's trending up or down. My thought here is that Mooney will be active given the limited designations all week. After seeing a team high of eight targets last week and playing 89% of the snaps, my thought is that they're being careful with their wide receiver too, and I do expect him to play week three against the Browns. Quarterback Carson Wentz for the Colts. Reports are saying that ankle boy Carson Wentz is anticipated to start this week for the Colts. Fade him if you can. There's really no sense in playing him as I'm not confident he's going to be 100% there. Tight end for the Giants, Evan Ingram. I apologize to those of you who are in this situation where you need to know if Ingram is going to play or not. My advice here is to get your head out of 2017 and stay away from him, even if he does decide he would like to play this week. And lastly, on offense, wide receiver Kenny Galladay for the Giants. Smooth Jazz lands himself back on the injury report for week three with, you guessed it, another hip issue. 
Joe Judge says this is a different issue from the one that caused him to miss nine games and be shut down at the end of the last season with the Lions. He was limited all week and is considered to be a game-time decision. I think he goes, but Kenny Galladay does have a history of liking to be on the IR listed as questionable and not playing. So my thought is he's going to be a go here, but do have an option prepared in case that he doesn't. Looking at questionable designations on the defensive side of the ball, we'll start off with D-tackle for the Bears, Akeem Hicks. He logged in a full practice on Friday after dropping a did-not-practice at the beginning of the week due to an illness. With this being an illness, I do feel better about his chances for him playing since returning to a full designation, so expect the normal workload from Hicks there. Defensive end for the Chargers, Joey Bosa. I'm not feeling good about Bosa for week three, and it does hurt me to say that. This one's going to be detrimental for the Chargers as they take on the Chiefs. It started as not affecting his availability for week three, and then he missed all of the week with both foot and ankle injuries, and the reports have been negative and trending downwards ever since. I personally don't expect Bosa to play week three, and if he does suit up, I'm not going to be confident in his production, although I'm not going to blame you as it is hard to justify sitting Joey Bosa there, but my thought process is that Joey Bosa will be out this week. And lastly, on defense, Chris Jones, D-tackle for the Chiefs. He finds himself on the injury report after being limited all week with a wrist injury. This D-line is already going to be hurting with the expected absence of Frank Clark, so missing out on Jones on top of that is going to be very rough. Not a lot of reports coming out of Casey on his game status, but with this being a pretty big AFC West matchup and him being limited all week, I do expect Chris Jones to get his full workload for Week 3. That covers all of the major injury designations on both sides of the ball. There was a question about wide receiver for the Browns, Odell Beckham Jr. coming back after that torn ACL tear. Personally, I think it's great that he's going to be back. I'm not going to be starting him as I do have hesitations. I don't think he's going to be completely 100% until probably about mid-season. So if you have to swing him out there, that's fine. If you're a Browns fan and you want to throw some good luck into your lineup, that's cool. But I do have hesitations and I don't expect him to be 100% until about mid-season. As always, thank you guys so, so much for listening to me babble on and discuss some injuries for the week. It's been a ton of fun getting back into the studio and researching these injuries and getting you guys the information you need. As always, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at IDP show underscore injury. I'll be trying to get you guys a lot more in-game injury analysis as the season goes on. And please don't forget to follow at IDP show. They're going to give great advice on the defensive side of the ball there. That's going to be a wrap on week three. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I can't wait to chat with you next week. Thanks.